All right, back with you, waiting for our call from Congressman uh, Hill. Should be coming any moment. I was just re-emailed to tell me that they'll be calling any second here uh, to talk to us. And uh, our topics of discussion are, uh, not, are, are not limited, but there's really not much to talk about other than the impeachment vote and the USMCA and uh, that trade deal, and what's the update on it? I mean, where is it as far as getting signed and, and be made into law? While I've got a few moments here as we wait for the, the congressman to give us a call, uh, a great article from Heritage today, heritage.org, but Hans von Spakovsky, who uh, wrote an article about Trump's impeachment would mean a Senate trial, and here's how that would work really good article. Uh, The vote by the House Judiciary Committee today, or or last Friday, pardon me, uh, to adopt two articles of impeachment against uh, President Trump makes it clear the Democrats are moving full speed ahead on the road to impeachment. We're going to see that happen this evening, evidently, regardless of the merits of their accusations or the integrity of their process. But speeding down this road looks like it will be very dangerous for the Democrats who face the strong possibility that the trip will end in a crash, leave the party with serious injuries that will cause it to lose majority control of the House in the 2020 elections. Now, I'm going to tell you what. Six months ago, no one was talking about Republicans losing or gaining control of the House from the Democrats. It was that the Democrats would hold. Now you're beginning to hear just the opposite. House Democratic leaders are so determined to strike out at Trump that they seem to be operating on the notion that desperate times call for desperate measures. The next election is at risk, said the uh, uh, House Committee Chairman Gerald Nadler when unveiling the committee's two articles of an uh, impeachment earlier in the week. We must act now. The full House with a big Democratic majority is expected to follow the lead of the Judiciary Committee next week and also adopt the articles of impeachment. But don't look for Trump to be packing his bags. The House vote simply sends the articles of impeachment to the Senate. And then what will happen? And... uh, When we come back after our talk with uh, the congressman, we'll uh, tell you what will happen based on the Constitution and Senate procedures. That's going to be coming up. I see that the uh, congressman is with us in Washington, D.C. And uh, I got to, first of all, something that we've been doing here on this show, uh, congressman, is that we ask each person now who comes on what their pronouns are. Gosh, you know, um, I'm too old school. I think I think I'm a he. You're a he. Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah you, I, you I, believe I, in science. Yeah, it's it's. I know this is shocking to people, and uh, there may be some listeners who firmly disagree with that assessment. But it's since I'm self-identifying that I feel comfortable with that. Yeah, I uh, my pronouns are <laughs> Colombian coffee. That, that 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 that's what I'm identifying with right now so just want everybody to understand that uh 
Have you been sitting in the uh, in the House today listening to all of the speeches? I did well, not all of them. I did this morning listen to part of the rules debate uh, before we voted on the rule to bring the articles to the floor. That happened about eleven uh, thirty Eastern time, and then I did listen to the first uh, hour or so of the debate at midday. Um, as you know, those things get rather repetitious. Yes, uh, to say the least. We expect to vote around 7.30 tonight. Your time? Yes, Eastern time. All right, 6.30, our time. Good, I'll be eating supper, and I will not be listening at that time or watching because I don't want it to ruin my appetite. Uh, with with that all said, uh, is Nancy Pelosi looking stylish in her black dress today? She has on her uh, black dress. She listened. She was on the floor for much of the early debate personally. Uh, she has her mace on. I hope you've noticed that. She has crafted a gold mace that she wears whenever she's on the House floor. The mace, of course, is the uh, traditional Roman sergeant-at-arms device that uh, many legislators have. Legislatures have as a uh, sign of the authority of the House. Mm. And the, the mace is, in our is uh, sterling silver and and uh, it's black uh, with an eagle on the top of it. It's at the left of the dais in the house. You can see it on television. But she's crafted her own jewelry of that mace that she wears. It's so she. It was very striking today to be an, in black in mourning, I guess. And she had her gold mace. All right. So let's talk about this impeachment vote. It looks like it's a foregone conclusion. Maybe two Democrats are going to defect and not vote for this. One Democrat, I heard, will vote for one article and not for the other. Uh, so we have him as well. Uh, so they're, gonna, they're putting all their chips in the middle of the table. And just today, Gallup said that... Uh, even after what nine weeks has it been of them beating yep. on the on the president, that the president's approval uh, numbers are exactly the same as Obama in the 151st week of their presidencies, and their disapproval was exactly the same. That tells you that this country has been divided for a long time, does it not? It does. I think, you know, our either end of our spectrum, just we've they've just uh, uh, we've had back to back presidents now that just create uh, the the right in the case of Obama or the left in the case of, of President Trump just to be uh, lose a little perspective, you know, and so I don't see that changing. What what I think people have to take into account is the success ratio. And under President mm -hmm. Obama, we had a terrible foreign policy, a weak domestic policy, uh, and uh, a lot of unrest because of those decisions that he took. And under President Trump, we have a booming domestic economy, and we're getting our foreign policy back on track. Um, <clears throat> and maybe people are not seeing that the same way. I understand that. But you can't argue with the facts. Well, I agree with that. I mean, who can argue with the lowest unemployment since I was a sophomore in high school in 1969? 
who can argue with the fact that we got the lowest African-American unemployment, who can argue with the fact we got the lowest Hispanic unemployment but, um, numbers out there. I mean, it's, know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And we, we talk about those things, but it's so much more when you think about the impact on uh, poor households in America. Let's focus on people who are struggling in this country. Not only do they have the opportunity to get work like they have never in 15 years, uh, but they have more ability to get skilled labor jobs because of the change in policy to get more money to the states, working with states and K-12 through schools and community colleges to get training to more people. You have uh, the, lo- the lowest uh, unemployment rate for African Americans, as you said, uh, particularly in the South, uh, where we live in Arkansas. You have the fastest growing will- real wages uh, in years. You have high productivity for the first time in over a decade. These are things that put real money in people's pockets and give them a shot at a better Life, you have food stamp rolls declining uh, from 44 million under President Obama. You have that going in the right direction. And uh, President uh, Trump has done more for historically black colleges and universities than his predecessor. He has uh, more opportunities for them under the leadership that he's had to improve our HBCUs. Uh, I mean, the list of things, the First Step Act, people had advocated for case management for people coming out of federal prison on parole. So they have drug and alcohol treatment. They have job skills. They come back into uh, society without the chance of of uh, remission to a criminal life. And President Trump's led the way on that. Yep. And so our society is 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 so much better, even for those at the very bottom. That country is doing very, very well right now. And, uh, you know, when we look at uh, the China deal that's being worked on, when we look at, and we're going to talk about in just a moment, USMCA, uh, that deal and where it's at, you look at Japan, you look at France, you look at all these trade deals that are going down. And, I mean, this China thing goes through, it's going to set the Wall Street absolutely aflame early on next year. I agree. It's good. very, very good for the economy because it reduces uncertainty. We had a big uncertainty <clears throat> penalty, I think, uh, connected with the fact that we weren't getting clarity on USMCA and on China. And This will give people confidence that they can invest in North America uh, and that they can invest in a supply chain back and forth with uh, China under certain better conditions, and so that's good for the economic growth. And that's what people want to talk about. They don't want to talk about the preordained, precooked shift uh, impeachment of the president. I, I totally agree with that. So where are we now with USMCA? Because Arkansas farmers want to know. This is what's uh, good. We're going to vote tomorrow, and then it will come up in the Senate early in January for a vote. The sad thing is, Dave, they would be voting on USMCA, I bet, on the first week back in January after the holidays. But unfortunately, uh, they won't be able to do that because Mitch McConnell has to now hold a Senate trial uh, if the impeachment vote passes tonight. And that will delay 
a prompt consideration of USMCA by the United States Senate in January. Just another uh, misstep by the speaker that hurts ordinary working people for her kind of far left agenda that she keeps promoting. So the USMCA, you had talked a little bit about this last week because Pelosi had made up her mind, I think the week before that we're going to move ahead with it. What does it mean for Arkansas farmers? Well, for we said a lot of our poultry, a lot of our corn, and a lot of our rice goes to Mexico. And this will allow us to have those markets for certain. It opens up the dairy market and eggs uh, in Canada, where those have been blocked uh, for the most part due to the way um, the Canadians calculated access for those products. Mm-hmm. We don't grow a lot of wheat that we export uh, to Canada, for example. Uh, but in the Midwest of the United States, we're going to get a better deal for American wheat because we changed the Canadian uh, wheat procedures inside the North American definition. We're going to have rising wages as a result of USMCA, and I think that's why that was the main initiative of President Trump was to improve on NAFTA by having more parts and more components for the automobile industry made in the U.S. rather than in Mexico or Canada. He's achieved that, and you'll see rising wages as a result of it. You know, the the, the dairy industry has taken it on the chin I uh, understand that Canada will now, because of this new trade agreement, allow more milk products into Canada. Is that right? That's right. That's right. It's about a 4% market opening um, for milk, uh, which is particularly beneficial for the upper Midwest. But as I say, poultry and eggs are going to benefit. Turkey is going to benefit. These are all things that we have a regular business in in Arkansas that should be good. And I don't want to uh, underplay the manufacturing benefits uh, because of our, our being on the Mississippi River system and having a robust manufacturing business in Arkansas. That's going to benefit by the certainty and expansion of, of USMCA. For people in the digital trade, they now have the intellectual property for digital trade. They have uh, the modernization of uh, NAFTA, which when it was put in place, we didn't even have email. So it's it's a much better arrangement. Uh, Congressman, one last question. Hans von Spakowski over at the Heritage uh, Foundation wrote an article just the other day talking about what a Senate trial means. And he said uh, in his article that he is leaning that in 2020, that the Democrats will lose their majority control of the House and it will go back over to the Republicans. How do you feel about that? I think statistically there's a real possibility for that. I really believe that Mrs. Pelosi has ridden her conference up into a box canyon and there's no water, no food up in that box canyon. That's my way of describing it. She has 31 members of her conference. And that 31 number is the number that makes her the speaker. And those 31 members were all elected in Trump districts where he won handily in the 16 presidential election. 
One of those members, Mr. Van Drew of New Jersey, is abandoning the Democratic Party and becoming a Republican. And Colin Peterson up in Minnesota, who is voting or, or states that he's going to vote no on impeachment tonight, he may not even run. I mean, it's conceivable he may drop out of the House uh, this year. I'm not speaking for him. I'm not predicting that. But I just want to demonstrate to you as an example the pressure that uh, – those 31 Democrats are under. So they're making a, a probably making a career decision as they cast their vote tonight. Yeah. I, what could she possibly promise these men and women who only won by, I think there was one person that only won by 25 votes in a district that had gone decidedly for Trump. Uh, and the people have been just bombarding her uh, at her town halls with this uh, with her support of of this what is she promising them that's making them want to fall on their swords this way I, I can't tell you i don't i don't know when you're up in the box canyon and there's no food left and no water <laughs> and uh, you can't get out uh people become delirious i guess and uh so you know there's no there's no real answer to that question. I think they have agreed to go forward with this, and they've all had an opportunity to think about it. I think it's uh, I've enjoyed everybody being prayerful. Lots of people are prayerful. These are the same people who, who when the when this Congress started, would not swear in witnesses by saying under God. So mm-hmm. I'm glad they found something to be prayerful about. That's encouraging. Um, but. We'll see what happens. I think the projection you're talking about from the heritage is is possible, and I can tell you a lot of people are working hard to make it a reality. I bet you you're one of them. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, you are. Because I tell you what, Pelosi reminds me of Jim Jones. She's she's given her group the Kool Aid, and it's gonna it's gonna turn out bad uh, for the Democrats on the House side. Congressman, thanks for the time, and uh, I'm sorry you got to be part of this part of hey, history. Merry Christmas to you, and a very happy New Year. Can't wait to see you in the New Year. All right, sir. Have a great one. All the best. All right. That's Congressman French Hill. And I really do. You know, you run for an office, you want to serve your country, and you end up getting caught up in this crap. I mean, I'm I'm sure, you know, I mean, he'll— he will he'll be happy to cast his nay today on this impeachment but it i i'm telling you what it is a sad sad day for congress uh and for the house of representatives all right we'll come back finish up this hour joe is already here we'll get him in the studio get him comfortable we'll be back in a moment here on the dave ellswick show 1011 fm the answer Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.